The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be done in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. grace and peace to you from God our creator and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. As I was preparing for the sermon tonight, it's a really quick turnaround from the Sunday before. So that always makes preaching Ash Wednesday a little bit tricky, right? I only have a couple of days to sort of reorient my mind from the scriptures, from transfiguration to those that we receive here this night. It's the same text year in and year out for Ash Wednesday. And so this year, as I was sort of ruminating over the text, I kept going back to one thing, in particular one movie, my favorite movie from the last year, the Barbie movie, as it were. <laughs> Felt like a very appropriate text for the occasion, and I'll give you a little bit more context. You see, as I was reading through this text, my mind kept going back to the scene early on in the movie. They're going to Barbie's dream house to dance the night away, as it were. So all the Barbies and the Kens, and yes, even Alan, all show up there outside the Barbie dream house ready to dance, dance, dance. And there's all this wonderful choreography and people are on on roller skates and all this sort of great, great stuff going on. But you can sort of see on her face that something's not quite right. Until suddenly, in the midst of this uproarious party, she says, do you guys ever think about dying? And it's like a literal record scratching to a stop. The whole party stops and everyone looks at her aghast and she can feel the pressure of the moment. So she kind of snaps out of it and says, I I meant to say, I'm dying to dance. Oh, okay. And then the party picks back up, right? And and the reason I think about this particular scene is because in a lot of ways, that's how I feel every time Ash Wednesday rolls around, right? My perfect world is interrupted by death all of a sudden, right? I'm I'm so used to having the the liturgy and and worship is so organized and so simple and, and there's such sort of beauty to it. 
And then you find yourself on Ash Wednesday, standing in the sacristy the day before with the vicar, having a conversation of how much olive oil to mix with the ashes we burned the day before, right? Like, and I'm making this huge mess. And I realize how intrusive this all really is. And then it gets worse. Because at some point, I'm going to get up in front of each and every one of you, and I'm essentially going to say, do you guys ever think about dying, right? Ashes to ashes, from dust you came, and to dust you shall return each and every year. This is what I get to say. And this year, this year it's more awkward than ever, because this year, it's also Valentine's Day. And so I'm here to remind you, you can't spell Valentine's Day without Lent, okay? So just remember that next time around, okay? And it's true, and it's weird. Even this morning as we were doing Ashes to Go, I, I felt compelled to remind people of their mortality and then turn around and say, but I have chocolate for you. Happy <laughs> Valentine's Day, right? It's this day about love and about our sweethearts and sweets, and here I am saying the most bitter thing I can possibly do as a pastor, and it's jarring. It's, it's so, so jarring. But that's sort of the point, I think, of this particular occasion, of this particular moment. Love is jarring. And we're beginning on this journey, right? And this journey is going to find itself at its apex at the cross. The cross, as we know from John's gospel, is sort of the central symbol of love, right? God so loved the world that God gave us the only son that we may know eternal life. And so I think it's really appropriate that tonight all of these things kind of come together. That we be reminded that the journey to Easter begins with death. There's no getting around it. It's just a reality of life. It's a reality of the church. It's a reality about being dusty people. And that's why I felt so compelled to these words spoken by Barbara Brown Taylor, a, a very excellent uh, preacher and teacher of homiletics. She said, Ash Wednesday is the day that Christians attend their own funeral. Ash Wednesday is the day that Christians attend their own funeral. I don't want to brag. I've attended a lot of funerals, believe it or not. It's sort of part of the job, right? And I've gone to so many of them, and I find a deep beauty in that sentiment that this is the day where we attend our own funerals. Believe it or not, I've thought a lot about my own funeral. I've told Katie what I do and what I don't want at mine. And I've made it very clear, if you don't follow my rules, I will haunt you forever, <laughs> right? And what I've realized, with all the funerals I've attended, you know, even my own, apparently, the last however many Ash Wednesdays, is that no two funerals are the same. And, and that's really interesting because most of the time when I sit down to plan a funeral with a family, I have a pretty strong sense of the texts that they're going to want to use, the songs they're going to want to sing, right? The kind of words that they're looking to hear, right? There's common themes throughout them, and yet no two funerals are the same. And that's because the difference from one gathering to the next is the people. The community is always dynamic. It's always different. Every funeral I've ever been to has a different group of mourners, or dare I say even celebrators, gathering together to honor the stories and the life of the one that we are laying to rest. This is a good reminder then to us that death, dying, and grief, in my opinion, is an act done within community. It's something we do together. 
It's really crucial, I would say, within this particular community. I've witnessed it firsthand dozens and dozens of times in the last seven or so years. And with that, I think it's important that we be reminded that so often our experience of faith is done communally, done publicly. So too it is the case with our experience of righteousness, which then gets us into our text tonight. We're told beware. Beware of practicing your righteousness before others in order to be seen by them. See, there's something a little different this year at this text. I just discovered something just a few days ago. There's an NRSV UE version that exists, the updated edition. Didn't know that was a thing. But one of the updates was they changed the word piety to righteousness. Beware of practicing your righteousness before others rather than beware of practicing your piety before others. And I know this seems like semantics, but it's a really important shift, particularly when it comes to Matthew's gospel, because in Matthew's gospel, the word righteousness carries a lot of water, as it turns out, particularly in the section that we're in. What that is, you may ask? We're in the Sermon on the Mount. We are in the middle of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount here this evening. If we go all the way back to the beginning of that very same sermon, we find ourselves in the ever-familiar Beatitudes. And if we listen to those ever-familiar Beatitudes, we'll hear a little bit more about righteousness. Right? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. In other words, for Matthew, for us, disciples, followers of Christ, righteousness is an experience of the kingdom of God, an experience shared by those who serve others in the very community found therein. So that's interesting, right? If if righteousness is something to be experienced in community, tonight we're being told, but beware of practicing it publicly. Beware of publicly giving alms or praying or fasting. Which is why I think it's important to be reminded the actions themselves are not the problem. And if they were, I as a pastor would have a really big problem tonight, right? Because guess what we're going to do? We're going to give alms at least somewhat publicly, right? We're going to pray publicly, and we're told in there, right, you got to put oil on your face, make your face look all nice, and what am I going to do? I'm going to smear you so that everybody you meet the rest of the night is going to know you went to church at some point, right? That's sort of the paradox of this evening. See, the issue isn't the practices themselves. It's when we believe it's these actions that make us righteous. It's when we risk a deeper relationship with God for public approval. Truth is, we were created to be social creatures. The truth is, when Christ comes into the world, Christ created community and still does it yet here today. We are a shining example of that here right now this evening. The truth of the matter is, Jesus' ministry was public. His healings oftentimes were done in public. His preaching oftentimes happened in the midst of, you guessed it, the public crowds of people gathering him around him. Therefore, so too our faith is, by definition, public. So too is the righteousness we experience oftentimes done in community with others. The key, the key to it all is that we acknowledge righteousness is a gift 
that we receive in relationship with God and in relationship with the community around us. And tonight, we are being encouraged to return to a right relationship with God, the God of righteousness, the God of righteousness who calls all of us in need of that righteousness together. This evening, right? This evening in our first reading, Joel says, indeed, the Lord invites us to return to me with all your heart. In a few minutes, I'm going to remind you that it's from dust that you came and it is to dust that you will return. And these words that I'm going to commend you with tonight are the same commendation that I use at each and every funeral I perform. Listen again to these words. In the sure and certain hope of the resurrection, to eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, we commend to Almighty God our sibling in Christ. We commend their body to the ground, to the deep, to the elements, to its resting place. Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. The Lord bless them and keep them. The Lord's face shine on them with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon them with favor and give them peace. In other words, those words about being dusty people, words I'm going to share with you tonight, are likely going to be similar words to those shared when you are laid to your eternal rest. And I hope you see that that is a good thing. That is a promise. Because this day, we set aside our, our blessedness and we set aside ourselves to be reconciled to God. Death is a part of life. Doesn't mean you have to like it. Doesn't mean you have to accept it. But it is. Here's the good news, right? Good news is that it's also a precursor for eternal life. That's the promise. And that eternal life is one rooted in God's righteousness and God's love for us. So therefore, do not ever be afraid to share God's love in public. Don't ever be afraid to tell people about God's righteousness in open spaces. What we're called to do. That's why we're disciples. And what better day to do it than Valentine's Day? Let's share God's love. So happy Ash Wednesday. Happy Valentine's Day. Amen. <laughs>